These are the Padawan Transmissions. Hello, I'm Tiffany. I'm Sarah. And we're going to continue on our discussions about Star Wars. Star Wars. Star Wars. So welcome to episode six. Today we are going to continue our deep dive into discussing episode one, The Phantom Menace. Let's get started. Yo, we're almost done. Things are menacing. (laughs) Things are menacing. So where we left off, it's time to choose a new chancellor. And Anakin, are you too old to train? Question mark? All right. So... Let's just get into it. So, like, this part starts off with Anakin's, like, in front of the Jedi Council, and he's trying to, like, guess what they're looking at on their little iPad thing. I know. I was like, dude, that's an iPad. <laughs> <laughs> so I, like, Googled it, you know, went to the good old Google, and according to the Wikipedia, Wookie. it's a Jedi testing screen. It's an iPad. Yeah. With well, a kid's safety blocker like around it. The newer, well, it has no buttons on it. It was a portable view screen used by members of the Jedi Order to test potential candidates for training. It was devoid of any buttons or controls and was instead activated by the Force. The Force University. <laughs> and then it was dis- um, programmed to display a series of unconnected holographic images on the screen, held out a view of the student who would then attempt to divine um, the object shown using the Force. But, like, if they're in front of windows, couldn't they see the reflection? (laughs) I didn't even think about that. It just popped into my head. So the chosen one cheats. I mean, (laughs) you got to do what you got to do. You got to use all of the tools at your disposal. And if you can see it... If you see something, can say, it. Yeah. If you see something, say something. <laughs> so Yoda asks him like how he feels, and his response is, "He, um, I feel cold, sir, or something like that." Yeah, it's because he's like ripped out of a hot planet. I almost said some <laughs> words, but like this poor kid. This is the second time that he's mentioned that he's cold. Can someone get him a jacket? <laughs> Maybe a light jacket. I don't uh, know, like April twenty sixth. Yes. Yeah. Not too hot. Not too cold. <laughs> So he asks him if he is afraid, and uh, Yoda does, and his response, Anakin's response is no. And they th- then go on to say, like, see through you, we can, that's Yoda. It says, be mindful of your feelings, your thoughts dwell on your mother. And Anakin's like, well, yeah, I miss her. And Yoda then goes, afraid to lose her, I think. Mm-hmm. Anakin wants to know, like, what does that have to do with anything? Because, like, in my opinion, I grew the Anakin. Like, obviously he misses his mother, yes. but, like, that's just a given. Attachments aren't in the Jedi way, Sasa. Yes, no. Well, I have thoughts and feelings about. Well, I think this. we're going to talk a lot about this. So Yoda responds with everything. Fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. Famous. And realistically, if you take that whole thing out of context, it's true because people can prey on your fear and then make you like. You manipulate you into like believing lies. Um, I mean, you're literally talking about Anakin's future. <laughs> I mean, also like in real life, real time life for sure. Yes. So the camera kind of shows Yoda and Mace Windu like they're they like look at Anakin, who's like looking back at them, and then Yoda says, "I sense much fear in you," and the scene ends. So it's almost like they're just setting him up to fail, like. Give yes, it, give it to me. I, it's just it's just so aggravating because like obviously he is fearful because like he's got a lot of emotions running through him. Mm-hmm. He's probably scared for his mother. He's mm-hmm. scared for his own future. He's scared to be around all of these grown 
because they're not all people, but like grown beings, right? Yes. Um, I don't think fear is a bad thing. I think that if you let it get a hold of you, like some people do, then it becomes a bad thing. But whatever. Honestly, no, what you said about how they're like setting him up. I had this whole conversation with E. Kirk 2006 about this specific moment. And it's like, when you think about child development, it's like, what you're projecting onto that child, they're going to believe about themselves. Mm -hmm. So if you tell a kid that they're stupid, they're going to believe that they're stupid and they're going to act that out in their everyday life. So I sense, you know, a lot of fear in you. Well, now he's like, yeah, I am afraid. And then that's going to start tearing him up inside. It's And I think that like, if you you try to have people avoid all of these emotions. Like I, I get, I get where they're coming from yeah. with the whole like um, Jedi way. You got to feel like shut it down. And, no attachments, but that just like, it, obviously it doesn't work well. I mean, so yes. <laughs> then there's a transition scene of seeing like different crafts flying through the planet, you know, through the air, whatever. And then we're back in the rooms of Queen Amidala, who is um, with Jar Jar and he straight up asks her, like, if she's thinking that her people are going to die. Like, he's, n- like, no joke. Just was like, you think your people are going to die? In his own, like, Jar Jar way, you know? You so? Um, and he says, basically, like, if if your people die, mine are going to too. Right. And she says, basically, like, I hope that's not the case. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he goes on to say, like, well, the Gungans aren't going to go down without a fight. They're warriors. They have Yish. a grand army. Yish. Um, So he's like, they can try, but we're going to go down swinging. And so then um, Captain Panaka comes um, through, comes in the room, basically. I don't know why I said comes through. (laughs) Comes in the room with Palpatine. He's following him, and he's telling her that Senator Palpatine has just been nominated to succeed Valorum. Oh, look how interesting that is. It's the Supreme Chancellor. Palpatine's like, it's a surprise. And I said, you know, like a liar. Like, this is exactly, these are his little. His little puppet. Yeah, his little plan is going to play, you know. (gasps) He's going to be a puppet later. Oh, my gosh. This is foreshadowing. So he's basically, I, I, he's like basically saying like he hopes to, that this, him becoming the chancellor, the Supreme Chancellor, Supreme. is going to put an end to the corruption once he is elected. And I might sneeze. Um, okay. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I was like trying to like talk, but like it also really wanted to sneeze. So the other two, <clears throat> the other two people that have been nominated for the role of Supreme Chancellor are um, Bale and Tilly's of Elderon and mm. Anne Lee Team of um, Malister. So let's talk about this. So I... Just read Ahsoka, right? Sure, yeah. And okay. I knew I knew who um, he was, but he also they also call him Bail Organa, and so we know uh, Leia is Leia Organa, right? right? Yeah. Um, and so I was like, wait, wait, wait. I'm like, I thought they were the same person. So I'm like googling, and I guess that like he is, but also isn't. I don't fully understand what the internet was telling me. Um, because like some people are like no, they're two different characters, and they're like no, they just changed his name. Because, like, in the book that I was reading, Ahsoka book, it is Bail Antilles, and he had, like, he's raising Leia. Right. Um, and then, obviously, you can see that's a different man that plays him. I'm confused. Um, Who is this person? So, it's... Leia's according, father? Yes. According to this, this is the I Wikipedia, Bail Antilles was a male human who represented the planet of Alderaan in the Galactic Senate in the waning years of the Galactic Republic. He was nominated mm-hmm. to succeed Supreme Chancellor Valorum after the Galactic Senate chose to remove Valorum 
from the Chancellery. Chancellery. Um, that's okay. But wait, then, like later so it his, says he was his wizife. Oh, you you clicked oh, away. Whole. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like it's so, <laughs> so it's confusing. Two different actors. What was the other one from? What was the other picture from? Like what is that from? So this is what on the uh, other. That's thing from episode two. So they just changed the actor. <sighs> What's happening? Both senators, but are different people. They're mentioned in the Phantom Menace. But like confirm this thing. is what's confusing. We need E Kirk two thousand six right now. But this well, this is what's confusing because like in in the book it's Antilles and he is raising Leia, okay. and then the other ones is like Organa. But like I I, I don't I don't know. Well, I'm mm. thoroughly confused. Mm. So I I honestly I don't know because here on, again on the Wikipedia it's going to say it goes down under like behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, it talks about during production the character's name was changed to. Um, or in Phantom Menace, it says actor Adrian Dunbar filmed scenes for the role, which at the point was referred to as Bail Organa. In the deleted scenes, Organa seconded Queen Amidala's call for a vote of no confidence in Chancellor Valorum. During production, the cha- character's name was changed to Bail Antilles, and Jim Smith was ultimately cast for the part of Bail Organa in the 2002 film uh, Attack of the Clones. Dunbar was disappointed after hearing from director George Lucas that the scene had been cut as the actor took the part because Lucas originally intended to include him in the rest of the Star Wars prequel trilogy. Um, mm. So, I mean, I, uh, I don't know. You know what I mean? I, mm. I was under the impression that they were the same person. Okay. But I guess the internet also says no. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, according to the Ahsoka book, like, Bail Antilles is the one that's raising Leia. Yeah. I don't know. So let us know. Email us. <laughs> Tell us how wrong we are. We love to hear that. Um, so that's that's it. Um, and so the other person, um, we looked them up. So um, Enlee Team was a grand senator who represented the planet of Malastare in the Galactic Senate during the last decades. We already know this. When the Trade Federation invaded planet Naboo. The then Supreme Chancellor Valorum was voted out of office. We also know that actually neither Antilles nor this person won either. And in case you care, a Gran were um, a sentient humanoid species native to the planet Kenyan, um, but had cl- colonies on many worlds such as Malastare and other places. They're identified a bull by their three eyes and goat-like snouts. They also had small antenna-like nubs on the tops of their heads, thick, <laughs> bulky hands that could nubs. have either six large digits or five suction. That's not a word. Suction. Suction cup-like digits. <laughs> um, so yeah, interesting. There are some people, or like some um, species, or people. I don't. What's the word for that? They're not people. Beings. Beings. There's some beings that um, worked for Jabba the Hutt. Jabba. Um, so Palpatine, he is confident he is going to be able to get the strong sympathy vote because of the situation at hand. Mm. He will be chancellor. And yeah, he will because he's a master manipulator. Dunna, dunna. Queen Amidala says she doesn't think that there's going to be anything left of her their people by the time that he has control. So I this mean, is what she's worried about. Yeah, um, and I was like, well, you know, 
hate to tell you, but it's not going to end well for anybody involved. Mm. Although Palpatine does last a long time. So, eh. well, <laughs> so Palpatine understands her, but the Federation has control of their planet. So he's kind of being like, well, they got control. So like, what are we going to do? Uh, you know, until we get like the, uh, politicalness of this, but like, let's be honest. Does that really ever worked before? Mm. So Queen Amidala has decided she's going to return in Naboo. Palpatine tells her, um, you know, if you go back, they're going to force you to sign a treaty. And she's like, that's not going to happen. I'm not signing anything. And she basically is like, going to go down with the ship. She's like, my fate mm-hmm. won't be any different than those of my people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she leaves them telling, she tells the captain to ready her ship. Um, so Palpatine's like, wants her to stay there where it's safe. And she says to her, the Republic is no long, no longer functions. And she hopes that he can bring sanity and compassion back to the Senate. And I said, well, jokes on her. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. That's a sad tweet. Yeah. So now we are back with the Jedi Council. So now it's Anakin, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. They're kind of standing together as a little threesome while um, they, they're basically saying like, while the force is strong with Anakin, he's not going to be trained. And Qui-Gon is shocked because they're like, Anakin is too old. He's the old, chosen one. And Qui-Gon's like, but he's the chosen one. And you can see like on Anakin's face, like that he's not happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're saying like his future is too clouded. And Qui-Gon's like, I'll train him. Like th- this needs to happen. And really like this, this, these instances are what's shaping his distrust later on. That's just kind of like, opening the door to him going to the dark side mm-hmm. because they've never trusted him and he's never felt like he belonged from and he's jump. never, and yep. he, he comes from a background where he's never felt like he's belonged anywhere because people was, owned him. He was a slave. Yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, he, it's almost like he's going from one situation where he's being told to do what to do and like you work for us kind of thing to another situation where like, he's not allowed to do what he, exactly what he wants. Mm-hmm. So they're like, well, basically the code forbids Qui-Gon to take on a Padawan learner while he still has an apprentice. But Obi-Wan, um, uh, so Obi-Wan, um, is ready. He's like, he's ready to face the trials to become a Jedi. Mm. Uh, and they're like, um, it's up to the council to see when someone is ready to face the trials. Like, it's not up to you. Uh, so you're 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 missing Sith coming back. Mm-hmm. You're missing people being ready the, to take the yes. trial. The amount of arrogance that's coming from this council that like y'all don't have very many likes to stand on because like y'all are saying the Sith aren't going to come back. You're doing all of these things. It's not going to end well for any of you. And I'm sorry to say, like, like it, it is very disappointing to see because we know where these things lead eventually, and it's like. Do they learn? And I mean, because really, it's like one of those things that like I, I I get where they're coming from in the aspect of like they're trying to do stuff for the greater good, but that's not always necessarily the good thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Rules mm-hmm. are meant to be broken. Oh, my gosh. So I like really love Qui-Gon here because he goes to bat for both really Anakin and Obi-Wan because he's like Anakin needs to learn the ways of the force, but also for Obi-Wan because he's ready to face those trials. Mm-hmm. And Mace Windu says it's not the time that like they're like it's not happening right now. Like we're f- worried about like the voting in the Senate for the Supreme Chancellor and Amidala is going home. So like we need basically we need you guys to go to Naboo like, mm-hmm. you know, there's bigger fish to fry. We have work to do thinking. right now. Yeah. Yes. So then they're tasked to go to Naboo with 
um, Amidal and draw out that mystery attacker and unravel like the mystery of the cis. So they're like, bring him out. They're kind of like going to use bring her him as out. bait, bring basically. Him out. And Obi Wan agrees with the council. He's talking to um, Qui Gon. Qui Gon about Anakin. He's like, he's dangerous, but and everyone but Qui Gon can see it. Um, and he says. Quagun's like his fate is uncertain and he isn't dangerous. And realistically, like I just think like how different because he's the one guy, like I see Obi-Wan later on, I think changes his tune a little bit, but still like, I think that like, he knows that like he wasn't always in his corner. So, um, the council will decide his future, which, um, I think they all can agree plays a major role in all of their deaths. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? And other deaths, which is real sad. All those little Padawans. Oh, too soon. And then I was like, how different would it be if Qui-Gon didn't die? You know? So Anakin then, like this poor kid, he's like, Anakin, like I, or, he's not talking to himself. He's talking to Qui-Gon. He's like, doesn't, he's like, I don't want to be a problem. Like, you know, he just feels bad mm. and he doesn't want to feel like, you know, um, a problem. I, I, realistically, as he says. So Qui-Gon tells him to, um, he's like, I can't train you, but like, just watch me and be mindful. Mm-hmm. Um, because like, you know. I'm going to train you without training you. Mm-hmm. And he tells him, always remember, your focus determines your reality. So they also... But think about-, about that. Your focus yeah. determines your reality. His focus turns to his hate, his fear, all of that. And then it becomes his reality. Yeah, I mean, I I just, you know, if they had handled things differently. Gosh, it would have been a whole different series. Yeah. So they also kind of have a conversation about midichlorians. Um, and he goes to say, like, midichlorians are, my, are a microscopic life form that resides within all living cells. They're symbiotics or symbiotes or whatever, and they're life forms living together, like both them, because they're in their cells. So both both the beings that can feel them and talk to them, they, they live together for mutual um, advantage. And without them, they wouldn't have life and they wouldn't have the knowledge of the Force. And um, Qui-Gon goes on to say, like, the midichlorians speak to them about the will of the Force. And he was like, when you've, like, kind of learned how to quiet your mind, you can hear them speak. Because um, we've talked about midichlorians and how, like, mm. episode or two ago when he was saying that Anakin's is, like, his midichlorian count is, like, off the charts, like higher than Yoda's. Right. So like, are you fearful because he's more powerful than you? Because like, realistically you should help, you know, what about your fear, Yoda? (laughs) What about your fear, Mace Windu? Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're afraid of him. Are they jealous? Like this guy's going to be way more powerful. So jelly over there. Um, Green with envy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's really why Yoda's that color. (laughs) But like, I mean, I wonder if like that plays a part, like, cause it makes in my mind, if in, maybe this is coming from someone that like, I've read a lot of fantasy books and a lot of those types of things, but like, when people have all this power and they don't want them to use it, they're like, if we don't train them, like they'll never have to use it. No, you don't train them. And then it's going to be an outburst of all of these things. And yeah. It's going to be dangerous. Like yeah. why not train them to use it for good? Yes. Like, and you know, Jedi kill people. So like if they need to, if whatever needs to get done, you know what I mean? So like train them so they're not harming people for the intent of like being, a Darth Vader kind of person Correct. or a Darth Maul or a Darth Sidious or a Darth so, whomever, you know, so many Darths. Yeah. Anyhow. Party so now they meet up with Queen Amidala and she's happy to have them coming with her. So to 
basically for protection against the Federation. Mm. Um, and also, Jar Jar's just really happy to be going home. <laughs> so then the scene cuts to is Darth Sidious slash Palpatine. He's talking to the Federation through um, a transmission. I wouldn't say hey. I wouldn't say a Padawan one because he's not a Padawan. You know, like when the name of the movie is in the show. Yes, <laughs> oh, it makes me think of Family Guy. <laughs> <laughs> so they're kind of t- they're talking to the Fed or he's talking to like uh, the Viceroy of the Federation to mm. see where they're at in their planet takeover, which they're basically like we have control now. Like it's the planet is ours, and so he tells them he's going to send um, Darth Maul to them. He's like my apprentice. Darth Maul is going to be to you. Darth Maul this, Darth Maul that. Yeah, I don't, I like, I just remember him being like a bigger thing and then watching the movies. I was like, you're not that big of a thing. So I have, I've thought about this before. It's like, okay, if you think about Star Wars baddies, a lot of them ain't. Well, and also like, because they get get killed off so fast. when, When you think about it, well, Darth Vader lasted a while. Palpatine even longer. Yeah, but if think but, about all the other little dudes. Correct. Snoke, you're a joke, Snoke. <laughs> <laughs> but can we talk about the fact that, like, even the stormtroopers, like, you get hit in yeah. your shoulder and you're down for good. Like, what mm-hmm, is that? Mm-hmm. But, like, I, for the longest time growing up, sure. watching the original Star Wars, mm-hmm. I was a child, right? A child. A child watching four through six. Okay. And I didn't remember all of the details until I was grown. Mm -hmm. But I always, like, in my head, it was like, Darth Vader is top dog, right? No, no. no. And I'm like, you you could have been, like, your own top dog if you were a Jedi. Throws him down the reactor shaft later. But it's too late. I mean, he survived. (laughs) (laughs) They're fighting when they're both dead. And he's like, but did you die? He got got better. I got better. (laughs) But, like, realistically, like, and then, you know, you see later on with Kylo Ren being like, oh, Darth Vader's the bomb. And then it's like, no, he, like, he wasn't, a, like, he listened, he had a boss. Did anybody talk about he Palpatine his own boss. to this dude? And at least Kylo killed everybody. And then Kylo was the boss. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at least <laughs> Kylo <laughs> killed everybody are the words that just came out sounds, of your mouth. <laughs> it sounds terrible. but It I is mean, terrible. Like, if you're going to be, if you're going to, like, screw over everybody, like, you might as well do it to, like, be the top dog and not someone's lap dog. So these baddies aren't bad enough for you. Yeah. Okay. Basically, I got anyways, you. I understand. Look at all stormtroopers, you get hit in the knee and you're down. You get hit in the toe, you're down. Poor, poor people. Yeah. Well. Anyways, so <laughs> <laughs> the viceroy and his little friend don't seem overjoyed at all that there's going to be a Sith with them. But you know, then it cuts back to Anakin. They're on the ship, and Anakin's kind of looking at the controls with like one of the guys driving the ship, and um. And then it kind of cuts to now there's like a bigger room and it's like all the grownups, basically. (laughs) So Queen Amidala is sitting there and they're kind of talking about um, like what their plan is um, for when they get there. And some think that the Federation, they're like, dude, like she's just going to, they're going to grab you as soon as you get land there and they're going to force you to sign the treaty. But her Mm -hmm. plan is uh, to take back what's hers. Well, she even says like, I'm going to take back what's ours. Um, And they don't have an army and that's what they're pointing out. They're like, look, we, we don't have an army to fight for you. And the dad is like, we can, we can protect you, but we can't fight a war for you. Mm-hmm. And so we're playing. She's like, mm, let's get Jar Jar Binks up here. Let's bring him up to the podium. Let's bring him. Let's talk. Cause they have a lot at stake. 
Yes. The yes. Gungans, she, you know. She's going to use that to her advantage in, in the aspect of, like, they both have a common goal. Right. Um, so then they're kind of, like, in range of the planet that they, they see that there is, like, one droid control ship on their radar. Um, and they even have noted, they're like, if we've seen them, they probably have already seen us. And they don't really have much time for their plan. And so mm-hmm. we don't, at this point in time, know what their plan is anyways. Right. So I went to the good old Google to see, um, and I'm going to say this wrong, but it's a Luker Hulk class droid control ship. I think you did that very well. Hey, you know, fake it till you make it. And says, this is one of the many warships used by the Trade Federation and the Separatist Navy and arguably the most important weapon in their arsenals. Droid control ships were used to coordinate battle droid armies. Mm, Um, Roger, roger. Yeah. Which is going to come in handy because they're going to start fighting soon. Yeah. So they've landed and Jar Jar um, is on his way to the Gungan City and Obi-Wan asks... um, Qui-Gon, they're talking. He's like, do you think our plan's going to work? And Qui-Gon's like, I don't know. He's like, the Gungans won't be swayed easily. And they can't use their power. They being like the Jedi's can't use their power to help sway them either. Mm-hmm. Um, so you now are kind of like, if you didn't get it before, you're, you're kind of gathering like, oh, like they're probably going to like hopefully use that army he was talking about. But we also don't know that for sure because it's not confirmed yet. Right. Mm-hmm. So then Obi-Wan apologizes to Qui-Gon about disagreeing with the boy. They have their moment. Qui-Gon tells him that he has been um, a great apprentice. He's like, you're much more intelligent than I am. And he tells him that he foresees him being a great Jedi Knight, Um, which is like cute and true. Um, Later that night, Jar Jar comes out of the water and he tells him that they, um, the whole like city is deserted. And he thinks that maybe there had been a fight. They speculate, oh, maybe they were taken to the camps or maybe they were wiped out completely. Mm. Wiped out. I don't know if I said that. I think I said wiped out. I think you said that as well. Wiped out completely. But Jar Jar um, doesn't agree. He doesn't think that it's either one of them. He's like, the um, the Gungans are in probably in their sacred place. He's like, I'll bring them. I'll bring you guys to the sacred place. So then they have the meeting with the big boss Nass and Queen Amidala comes in. She's like, I'm coming in peace. I want to form an alliance. Um, and it's like the woman that's dressed up as Queen Amidala, right? And then a young woman who we've known as like her handmaiden basically comes forward. And it turns out that she's actually the queen. So she's been using this other woman as her decoy because it's necessary for her protection. It's basically like, that's my decoy. That's my bodyguard, um, you know, I've had to do what I had to do, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So people are like, whoa, shocked. Um, And fun fact, because it's Kira Knightley and um, Natalie Portman. So Natalie Portman is Queen Amidala, like the real, like Padme. And then the body double is Kira Knightley. You're welcome. Are you serious? Yes. To the point where like, so one of their moms didn't, couldn't tell them apart when they're on set. You didn't know that? I didn't know that. Yeah. Look at you. Um, so she talks about how like their two people have always lived in peace and that the trade federation is going to destroy and is destroying everything that they have built. And she's asking for their help. She literally gets down on her knees and begs for their help. Mm-hmm. And also several of like the, her group, like majority, if not all, um, I didn't look that close are get also get on their knees asking for help. So big boss and ass laughs and says, use a no tink and use a greater than the Gungans. Misa like this. <laughs> Misa like this. Uh, maybe we should be in friends. So he then makes some mouth sounds. <laughs> and everyone's like happy and like 
really grateful that they're going to be working together mm-hmm. to get their planet back. Yeah. So then it cuts to the voice, voice Roy and Palpatine slash Sidious are chatting. Uh, they have located the starship of, you know, these peeps in the swamp. And um, Palpatine is surprised by Amidala's move. He's like, it's aggressive for her. And he tells Darth Maul to be mindful and to let them make the first move. So now we're back with like, you know, Anakin and friends and he tells them like they're here. And so we see speeders are coming through. We see big boss Nass tell Jar Jar. He's happy with him for bringing these two groups together. Um, and he makes him a general. He's like, you make a bombad general. And he literally is like, wow. And passes out because <laughs> he's like, just so surprised. So captain, captain Panaka tells the Jedi's and Amidala that he has found out that most of the planet is in camps. And he says, like, a few hundred police and guards have formed an underground resistance movement. Um, He has brought as many leaders with him as he could. He also found out that the Federation armies are larger and stronger than they thought. He tells Amidala, he's like, I don't think you're going to win this battle. Like, it's the odds are not in their favor. You don't know the Gungans. Um, What is, is it Han that says, like, don't ever tell me the odds? Yeah. And so basically she's like, oh no, this battle is diversion. Like we're trying to lure the battle droids away from the city so we can get into the city and get to the Viceroy. Like that's their plan. So without the Viceroy, um, the Federation will be lost. They'll be confused. So like really the difficult part in all of this is getting into the throne room, but also, you know, they're pointing out um, that with this plan, many Gungans are probably going to be killed in this battle. Um, and the big boss is like, you know, we're ready to do our part. Like we're here. We, we, unfortunately, they know what, they know what it means to go into battle Mm -hmm. and they're willing to do that again to get their planet back. Mm -hmm. So they're going to send like pilots to get as many droids as possible into the the droid ship. Qui-Gon, um, is kind of playing devil's advocate saying like, Hey, you know, you know, our weapons, they might not penetrate like the shields. And then Obi-Wan is like, mm, if, what if the Viceroy escapes? He can come back. He's going to come back with like another droid army. You know, that that's their biggest thing. Like they cannot fail to get the Viceroy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's even what Amadal said. She's like, well, we're not going to fail then. We got to get him. Like no ifs, ands, or buts. Mm-hmm. So then it cuts to Sidious and um, Viceroy. They're chatting again. And the Viceroy tells him that they are sending all of their troops to the swamp to meet their army. So they're falling right into this trap. Um, and they believe the fact that their army, that the army is made up of Gungans because it um, is going to work to their advantage and they call them primitives. And they're like, oh, like it's, they've got those primitives. So like realistically, a lot of these things and these people, like these, these life forms, these beings, they're all too arrogant. Oh, they're primitives. Like we're going to easily override and like win. Well, and even boss now saying, you know, Oh, you don't think you're better than us. You don't think you're greater than us. Like mm-hmm. they, everybody's a hot mess express. Okay. So Darth Sidious tells Maul and Gunray to wipe out all of them. <laughs> Cut to the Gungan Grand Army heading toward Naboo. And then I pulled it up on the Star Wars databank. And the text is very small. I got to go forward. So the Gungan Grand Army, it says, in contrast to the peaceful human colonists of Naboo, the native Gungans are proud warrior species. The amphibians have long maintained a huge standing army, the Gungan Grand Army, as one of their proudest traditions. The Gungans prefer technology that is harmonious with the ecology of their world. 
Their weaponry is no different. The Gungan Grand Army uses domesticated animals for transport. Gungan scouts ride swift-footed Kadu in combat, while hardy Phalum Passets and Fambas, sure, haul heavy weapons and shield generators into place. Hmm. Interesting. Very. Yep. It is indeed. <laughs> <laughs> so, like Jarter said earlier, um, Gungans know what dying without a fight. We so warriors. We so got a grand army. And they do. They do. But it's kind of weird, like, when you see, like, it, like, pan out across, like, this field pretty much in Naboo. It's like when all the droids come out, it's, like, very heavily sided for droids like there's so many if you think about this she is really smart to do this Mm. she being padme slash amidala Amidala. there's a lot of slash man like a lot of people have two names and i don't know how i feel about it what's that about Mm, no so ruse tarpals tells them to start up the shield Who's that, you ask? I didn't, but please tell me. Let me click the link. It's it's the Gungan with, like, the hangy mustache. <laughs> oh, my God. It's a Gungan male who served in the Gungan Grand Army during the invasion of Naboo and also in the Clone Wars. Prior to the invasion of Naboo, he served as captain of a patrol in Ota Gunga. After the Battle of Naboo, Tarpals was promoted to general. And, oh... There's some Clone Wars spoilers for us. I'm going to not read it out loud. You say like we didn't. uh... I spoiled it for myself just now. Anyways, so the big shield goes up over the army. And then from the other side, we see these bronze ships that are what my original thought was. They're like tank-like. And they open fire after the battle droid that's there tells them to. And so I looked up what the armored tanks are. They're called armored assault tanks. <laughs> <laughs> so it's an AAT-1 or an AAT. Armored assault tank. It's a medium-sized repulsor tank used mainly by the Trade Federation and the Confederacy of Independent Systems prior to the rise of the Galactic Empire. It's basically just like this tank. And it's tan. And it shoots things. (laughs) So now we switch. We're back at the group that are secretly entering Naboo. And Qui-Gon tells Anakin that once they're inside, that he needs to find a safe place to stay. And I said, sure, Jan. (laughs) Anakin also says, sure. And so... They start shooting at battle droids. There's lightsabers out. Roger Rogers are being said. People are, you know, droids are being taken out left and right. And Gunray is like, all, I didn't think the battle was going to be right here. This is too close. And I said, wake up, nematode. This is time. It is here. And they all go out to get their ships to take off. And they're also fighting while they're doing this. So some of them get out. R2 is ready to roll. Anakin tries to find a safe place. Like, truly he does. And it ends up being the same ship that R2 got into. And so the fighters then leave and head to battle that little droid ship that we were talking about. 
whatever it's called. Little droid ship. I talk about the 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 one that's like almost a complete circle with the thing in the middle. Oh yeah, the the Lucric or whatever. Yes, that one. All right. So we are back at the field with the Gungans and the assault tanks, and the main battle droids tell them to then cease fire. And it was like a kind of like an awkward pause. So Jar Jar tells the Gungans, and he's like completely serious at this moment. So it's like you go the majority of this movie and he's like silly and now he's completely serious. So he tells everybody, you know, be steady. And then we see these tanks open and it's like row comes out, row comes out, row comes out. And it's out of all these tanks and there's like a bajillion battle droids and stuff that are coming out of these. And it just looks so mismatched. (laughs) And the Gungans then open up their shields and they place a glowing blue ball, which is a Boomba, on like this trebuchet type thing or slingshot, if you will. And so Newt Gunray gives the word to activate the droids. So all these droids that just came out are now activated. And we get one of the most profound quotes that I did not remember was a thing. Captain Tarpal says, ouch time. (laughs) And I was like, this is war. What? It's just, it's such an awkward line. Ouch Ouch time time. is my life. Ouch time. So the droids march forward and they go through like the, the shields, like this bubble type thing. And so they kind of walk through it. And everyone's fighting. Boombas are being slung. Hilarity ensues. Jar Jar's a mess. Back to the silliness. And then we change it. We're back to where Anakin and Qui-Gon are. And Qui-Gon tells him to stay in the cockpit. Like So he's in this ship with R2. And he's like, stay there. And then, hello, Darth Maul. Hey. He's here. And so Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan face... Like, they, here's their face off. Coats come off, right? Earrings out. <laughs> Earrings are out. Take your hair down. <laughs> and Padme and the others, they're still trying to get out. And basically, they're just, like, using their blasters and, like, strambling to get away while the Jedi take care of this. And then there's the iconic lightsaber moment. And I remember seeing this... Um, I think it was in a preview on TV. I do remember this moment because they showed him standing there and he's like crouched and he lights up the one end and then the other end lights up and people lost their minds. Yeah. Lost their minds. And yeah, here we go. Lightsaber battle. And there's also a joy battle going on. So Anakin and R2 start up the ship and they start shooting. So basically the ship is just like driving around this hangar and they're, they're trying to help. And they actually do end up helping Padme and the others like get out of this, this area. And they officially take off because Anakin's ship is on autopilot. And there's more lightsabers and there's a lot of acrobatics here. Everything in these last, like, this battle scene, like, just happens so fast. We're, like, it's just, like, a hallway battle. So they're, like, Mm -hmm. shooting in the hallway. Then it goes back. Anakin and R2 are flying through space on autopilot on an adventure. And now we're back at the Gungan battle. And Jar Jar is being hilarious. He's tangled. 
in the wires of a battle droid that was shot down and he's trying to get untangled. And as he's doing that, the battle droid is still shooting, but he's so good at it that he's successfully shooting down other battle droids at the same time. And I just think that he's talented, a talented dude. And Anakin asks R2, he's like, take them off of autopilot because we're going to die pretty much. And so he follows Qui-Gon's directions to stay in the cockpit. And he does some tricks. He's like spinning. (laughs) And then we're back at the hallway battle. They start climbing out of the window and they launch themselves up to a new window. And now they're back inside and no one seems to be around. So they're like going down the hallway And now we're back to Obi-Wan. It was everywhere. So Obi-Wan gets sent flying. And then so does Maul by, like, Qui-Gon. So, like, Maul kicks or uh, Obi-Wan. And then Qui-Gon, like, kicks Maul. And so Qui-Gon finally jumps down. And it's only Qui-Gon and Maul fighting because Obi-Wan is, like, down. And so Obi-Wan tries to start to make his way back to get to them. And then they're in like this hallway and there's a shield up and there was so much acrobatics. I was like, who is this dude that's, that's playing Darth Maul? Cause I needed to know. Cause I think that we read before that I he was, to know. he was actually like into martial arts. So this is Ray Park, um, as a Scottish actor who portrayed Maul in the Phantom Menace and Solo. Star Wars story. It's hard to spoil that. And the character is was first voiced by Peter something, Sarah Finowitz, and later by Sam Whitwer, whose lines were dubbed over Park's lines. But Park performed his own stunts, and I thought that that was really cool. And so he says, as a kid, he used to fantasize about being in movies and doing a type type of like martial art moves and skills and tricks like his masters in his classes would do. And so I thought that that was pretty cool. So it's like the same guy throughout. And I enjoyed that. He was also in Sleepy Hollow. Oh, I wonder who is in Sleepy Hollow. It's interesting to me because I always forget, you know. He was the he was the headless horseman when Christopher um, Walken was, you know, not. Yeah. Um, like I that. always think about with um, Darth Vader because James Earl Jones mm, is yeah. the voice. Yeah. So he's not. He's not in the suit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so like the guy that was in the suit does all the lines. So they're like, it's so like if you ever like watch, like see snippets of it, people are like, it was like throwing us off that like this guy, I think it was a British guy had this accent, you know, because mm. um, James Earl Jones voice is just. Yeah. It's James oh. Earl Jones. So there's a shield between Qui-Gon and Maul. And then there's another shield between them and Obi-Wan. So Maul takes his lifesaver and he tests the, tests the force field out. And it's like, so you can't go through it. You can't go under it. Um, and so he's pacing. And this shows like two different beings because Qui-Gon sits and meditates while Darth Maul is pacing. And then we're back to the field. <laughs> So the shield is down and the tanks are on the move and Jar Jar's almost run over. I wrote boomers and that's not it. It's Boombas. <laughs> <laughs> Boom, Boombas comes spilling out 
And luckily, they start taking out tanks and droids. You said the Boombas! And more hilarity ensues as Jar Jar is accidentally successful in battle. It's just, you got to see it. And so back in the hallway, right, we're at the sneaky hallway where no one seems to be around. Padme and crew are outnumbered, okay? They found them, so they had to put their weapons down. Now we're back in space with Anakin doing some fancy flying, and the ship ends up being overheated, okay? But... We can't worry about that because now we're back at the Jedi's in the Sith. <laughs> so the force field comes down, right? Yes. I didn't watch all of this, but is this the one where like everything in the ship is like pinging or is that a different one with, with um, R2 like sticking his stuff or is that BB-8? No. One of the times. That wasn't this one, I don't think. I think it's BB-8 and like. like and he's got all his little tools yeah, yeah, out. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, wee! <laughs> yeah. God, I love droids. All right. You know how I feel about them. Yes, I know. And so so the force field comes down, so now we can battle again. So Qui-Gon and Darth Maul are fighting, and then after a few seconds, Obi-Wan is released. So, like, the timing of the force fields is very important for coming up in, like, a minute. And so... Quite or Obi-Wan doesn't quite make it out of this hallway with these force fields in it. So he's stuck behind another one and he has to wait again. And in the meantime, Qui-Gon and Maul are continuing their fight and they pan to Ewan McGregor, who is Obi-Wan's face. <laughs> and he has got a look on his face. It's only his face. You don't, Obi-Wan or. Ewan McGregor only plates his face. The rest of it is some other guy. Some they other pasted his buddy. face on his... Shut up. Don't tell people the wrong thing. <laughs> <laughs> I am kidding. It's just the way it made me laugh. That, like, Because it's Ewan McGregor's face. Well, it's his whole body well, playing he's just He's just very good looking. He okay. He's a very good looking man. So he's got this look on his face. Like he knows that something's not good. And Darth Maul is simply faster than than Qui-Gon. And you can see, because Qui-Gon's moves are getting, like, slower. And Darth Maul, like, knocks him in the face. So he's got that, the, the handle in the middle of his lightsaber. He, like, knocks him right in the face. And so... Pow, right in the kisser. Right in the kisser. So Qui-Gon gets, like, like off. Like, he's... Yeah. You know, knocked off balance. Yeah, you're like hit in the face. (laughs) (laughs) Was he hit in the face? He was hit in the face. Well, he was hit in the face. All right. And even before it happens, like Obi Wan yells, No. And then it does happen. Darth Maul stabs Qui Gon in his torso with the lightsaber with the wrench. No. Sorry, in what I, room? Uh, the library. <laughs> in the hangar. Listen, if I was, if I, <laughs> so I'm a pad one, right? If I was a Jedi, I'd probably be crying right now because I do love Qui-Gon Jinn, like a lot. I think he's a great Jedi, but he is no more. So, but, but the way that I watched it this time was like, I really focused on Darth Maul. So Darth Maul literally stabs him. And then, like, in one fluid motion, walks away. Like, literally turns his back on Qui-Gon and just, like, walks away to go straight over to Obi-Wan to be like, you're next. Yeah. And it was, it was rough. So it's sad. 
And I'm also sorry that this is where the episode ends. Yeah. Ah. We're dragging this out, my friends, as far as we can go. Mm-hmm. We are. So when we come back, we get to cry together. Qui-Gon's not dead yet. He's dying currently. You think we're, You think I'm going to cry? No. I almost said I've never cried watching a Star Wars movie, and that is the biggest That's lie. That's completely false. We sobbed through the I last cried, movie. Yeah, but I... So I cried... I think I cried watching all... Like, seven, eight, and nine. Yeah. Because I was like... There were moments where I was, like, happy to see, like, certain characters, and then I definitely cried watching Rogue One. Oh, my God. If you yeah. don't cry watching Rogue One, you have no heart. <laughs> All right. And if you would like to send us an email for our discussion episodes, they're coming up. You can find us at the Padawan transmissions at gmail.com. And you can also find us on Instagram at the Padawan transmissions. And we're on Twitter at TPT underscore three, two, seven. If you want to follow our personal pages, Sarah is on Instagram at O'Malley with three H's and I Tiffany or Tiffany. I'm on Twitter and I'm on Instagram at TiffSwish underscore Flick. Yes, because I like Harry Potter as well. <laughs> you say this every time. Yeah, we know this. Okay. It's a picture of Palpatine and Anakin. Best friends. Quote. Oh, I'm reading from Be More Vader. And you, young Skywalker, we shall watch your career with great interest, says Chancellor mm-hmm. Palpatine. I wonder if he's regretting that once he gets thrown down. Threw you down a reactor shaft. I don't know. Probably. He had a lot of time to think. It fell down there. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this says, so this is in the part of the book where it says starting out. Mm. Okay, we're starting out. Mm. Find a mentor. No matter how high your midichlorian count, you'll never get from entry level to emperor on your own. You'll need guidance from someone who recognizes your talents and knows how to put you on the path to success. Networking is key. Reach out via email or hologram to someone whose career you want. Then flatter them by asking advice on improving your prospects. Be it making speeches, negotiating trade disputes, or firing lightning bolts from your fingertips. Okay. Well, it's the end of the episode, my friends. Mm. Um, and we have a quote that I'm going to read. And our a listener named Ruby sent this in. Hi, Ruby. And it says, and this is from Princess Leia, someday you're going to be wrong. I just hope I'm there to see it. <laughs> but uh, thanks for listening. Join us next time as we continue our conversations about these movies. We know this. <laughs> we love this. We know this. We know this. Oh, look at this. Look at what this. Did I already read this one? I don't know if I'm being honest with you. No, I didn't. I read this hot guy last time. The Warring Stars. Yeah. The Wars of the Stars and how they came to be. Amen. <laughs>